0: Crusade presents monthly Monday Movie Muckabout because the podcasting world needs yet another movie review show. I am Rick, also known as Not Jeff from Jeff and Rick Presents, and I like movies. You all know that. You've all heard me say that multiple times now. But like always, I love to go out and find a movie that somebody hasn't seen and tell them, hey, why don't you go out, watch this film, come back, and talk to me about it? Because that's fun. And this time, I think I've got the greatest guest in the world. Eagle Brain listeners should recognize my guest as a human being from the planet Earth known as Hub from Tighten Up the Defense. Hub, how you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. And yeah, can't stress this enough. I am a human being who is from Earth. I follow all of your Earth customs and everything. So
0: uh, yeah, thanks for having me on your Earth show. <laughs> it is my pleasure for anybody who does not know when I first started out getting into this crazy podcasting racket I had an idea for my other show of unpacking the power of power pack and I didn't know if it was any good or not so I sent it over to hub and said hey would you mind listening to this and tell me if it's good or not Not only did he begrudgingly listen to it (laughs) with a worried expression on his face, but not only did he listen to it and give us some very nice comments about it, but he also gave us a nice plug on his show. So we actually started off our first episode with an instant following of people. So I I can never thank you enough for that. I really do appreciate that.
1: Oh, no problem. Thanks for not making me lie and say that I liked it when I didn't. (laughs) Um, I, I appreciate that because I have... Been informed, I am a terrible liar. So, yeah, would have just been awkward otherwise. So, yeah, thanks for making a good show.
0: I, I followed your lead. I, I mean, I, I you're one of the the shows that I kind of listened to and said, hey, I want to borrow this piece and I want to borrow this piece and I want the, this kind of comedy. So, I, I do appreciate that. But uh, you've got a fantastic show with tying Up the Defense, and also you have a fantastic show with What the Duck, a podcast most foul. That is the name of the show. Uh, but oh, with a
1: W, because he's a duck, that's the full name of the show.
0: Uh, I was going completely off memory. So, I mean, that that's not <laughs> too bad, considering I don't think I've ever actually said it out loud before this point in time.
1: <laughs> no, it honestly, it was until show about 20 or so that Lisa and I... Got the full name of the show down in the introduction (laughs) on the first take, and we were just so incredibly pleased with ourselves when we finally did. It is a show whose name has definite diminishing returns, but hopefully, its content. Doesn't.
0: That that is another thing I have borrowed from you. With not only my Power Pack show but also this show as well, is coming up with a nice tagline that you can go into your show with. So that's another thing I've taken from you. So thank you, sir. <laughs> oh. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. You know, because the podcasting world needs another movie review show. I think that's a fantastic line to kick off a show with. <laughs> Agreed. So. This is our show, and in order for us to move forward with the show and stop, you know, talking about how great we are, we both are. I have to give you a movie. Well, t- well there's no need to rush. That's true. That's I mean, true. So you could say some more things about how great I am. Well, I think that your writing style is fantastic, and apparently, other people do Thank too, you. because I, I have neglected to mention the other show that you are a part of. Oh yeah, I recently got
1: invited to help write garden plots with skeletor which is a gardening podcast hosted by skeletor which is super fun and i work with some incredibly talented and wonderful people on that so
0: and it's a another place where not only you shine with an exuberance that is your voice but you also do some fantastic writing which we can also see
1: (laughs) well thank you you haven't mentioned i'm a very handsome man i i have not slightly taller than average So, you know, I have that going for me. This
0: is also another fact, yes. (laughs)
1: Let's see. On my SATs, my verbal... (laughs) what Sorry, I don't actually remember. Um.
0: (laughs) And that is the point where Rick lost control of the show. Let me go ahead and pull that on back in here. And I will go ahead and give you the movie that I would like you to watch. And I will admit to you and everybody else that uh, this was a little difficult. You gave me a great list. There's some great movies on there. But... I had to really try to kind of balance a couple things in my head, and I thought that this would be a fun one for us to talk about, and that is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. This is the 1969 movie directed by George Roy Hill, starring Paul Newman, Robert Redford, Catherine Ross, Strother Martin, Jeff Corey, and Henry Jones. Awesome. You have not seen this movie before. I have not. Why haven't you seen it? I don't know. I
1: I honestly don't have a good answer for that. It is exactly the type of movie that I love, and from an era of filmmaking that I really love, it's, I think, a combination of just not really getting around to it, and it existing in almost a liminal space where it seems like it's a very good movie that I'm going to really enjoy, so I put it off until I want to have like kind of an immersive experience and lately that's kind of never like (laughs) I it's one of those where I can see it being both a good movie and an awesome movie but lately I've been way more interested in watching awesome movies than good movies and so yeah it's it seems like something I might have to pay attention to and so lately i (laughs) haven't been watching it. But I think before then, when I did finally find myself in the mood to watch a film with a capital F, I would usually go with something a little bit like more highbrow. So it's in that kind of middle space. And I think I just haven't gotten around to it, despite it
0: checks all the boxes of a movie I should enjoy. And that really I should have seen. Well, that brings me to my next question, because it seems like you know something about the movie. What do you know about it?
1: I know that Robert Redford and Paul Newman are charming as heck. I know that it's it's from an era of western where there was a lot of deconstruction of the western going on that I have mm-hmm. generally enjoyed. I like George Roy Hill as a director. Let's see. Uh, I'm pretty sure they jump off a
0: cliff at the end. <laughs> um. Unfortunately, with with some of these movies, there are some spoilers we just can't get away from.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. No, uh, no, no,
0: no, no. I mean, I, it's more of you. The question really is, how virgin of a person are you going into this film? And I mean, there are some things that you just are faced with, with it being this of an old of a movie.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. Hole in the wall gang is, mm-hmm. is, I know, a thing that they do. And I think there's some, like, banter they have surrounding fighting. So that that's
0: that's most of what I know. Okay, good. I, I think that for the most part, you still, you understand The context of the movie, you just haven't actually sat down and watched it and enjoyed it. But I am very glad that I'm going to give you this opportunity, and there's no time like the present. So let's grab those popcorn, let's grab those drinks that you want to drink with your popcorn, and let's sit down and enjoy Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid from 1969.
2: All right. Paul Newman is Butch Cassidy, and the Sundance Kid is Robert Redford. Catherine Ross is Etta Place. Dynamite's ready, Butch. Well, that ought to do it. Thank you enough dynamite there, Butch? Most of this is true, and all of it blazes with action. You've never met a pair like Butch and Sundance. Well, we're back in business, boys and girls. Outlaws with style in a class all their own. You know, when I was a kid, I always thought I was going to grow up to be a hero. Don't tell me how to rob a bank. I know how to rob a bank. And anything you ask of me, I'll do. Except one thing. I won't watch you die. You just keep thinking. That's what you're good at. (laughs) An incredible pair of rugged adventurers, creating a living legend on two continents. But it's just one guy. Don't you get sick of being right all the time? They rob trains. Stop it. Looted banks. Manasuriba! They caught them up! Ah, you're so damn smart, you read it. And one girl shared their love and larceny. Raindrops keep falling on my head. And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed, nothing seems to fit. Those raindrops are falling on my head. What are you doing? Stealing your woman? Take her. Boy, you're a romantic bastard. I'll give you that. And then Mr. E.H. Harriman of the Union Pacific put the top lawmen in the West on their trail. They're very good. If he'd just pay me what he's spending to make me stop robbing him, I'd stop robbing him. They were outlaws, running out of time and out of space, and a changing world was closing in on them. From the American West to New York, to the dangerous new frontier of Bolivia. Bolivia? Well, He'll feel a lot better after he's robbed a couple of banks. I'll jump first.
1: And you jump for it. No, I said.
0: What's the matter with you? And we are back. We've had the opportunity to sit down and watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And now I'm going to ask some questions about it with Hub. But first... Let me give you a quick synopsis of the film if you haven't seen it or it has been a while, and I really think you should see it, but I understand. Butch Cassidy is an affable and charming bandit who loves to make big plans while robbing banks and trains. The Sundance Kid is a quiet and brooding young man who is quick with a gun and always ready to watch Butch's back. And this is their story. Starting in Wyoming, Butch and the the Hole-in-the-Wall gang have made a name for themselves as famous robbers. In fact, they are so popular, the owner of the Union Pacific has hired a posse of expert manhunters to get their autographs, dead or alive. Butch and the kid take off to Bolivia with the kid's girlfriend, Etta. Continuing their bandit ways, the two men continue their life of crime all the way to its fateful conclusion. So, Hub, what did you think about this film? What was your first impressions?
1: Oh, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. It definitely had that, like, 60s, 70s pacing where, I don't know, I could have cut maybe 20 minutes of montage from it and been okay with that. (laughs) But the script is by William Goldman, who is one of my favorite screenwriters, and Mm -hmm. it shows, like, it is definitely, like, you can see hints of the Princess Bride type of dialogue. Coming out of those characters and just... Paul Newman and Robert Redford are just so charming. The plot is... I, I feel weird even calling it a plot because there really isn't yeah. much of one. It's just That's the fair. bare framework that gives enough space to hang these vignettes on and gets you, gives you the opportunity to hang out with these two characters. And... It's really fun, and three characters, because Etta is also great, and it's weird that you described her as the kid's girlfriend, because she's kind of both of their girlfriend, and I like that there's that dim- dynamic where, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of rivalry, but it is also just like, no, they're they're just fine being kind of
0: a triad. I would completely agree with that, and it took me a while to even write that, in to say it was a kid's girlfriend, it... <laughs> Technically, and for all intents and purposes, yes, they are boyfriend and girlfriend. But really early on, you're kind of questioning, going, is there something going on with Etta and Butch? Oh, there absolutely is. There's that whole thing where they ride a bicycle yeah, together. and right. Yeah, and at the same time, you're kind of looking and going, and, you know, well, is this going to be some problem with, you know, the kid? No, no. You can tell that there is, it's almost like. The kid and Etta have the physical love, but the emotional love is between Butch and Etta.
1: I think they all just love each other,
0: and and, they, and you know they all love each other. They all love each other just fine, and and there's no real boundaries on any of it either. And it's 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 nice. It is really really pleasant to see. I mean, you don't have to put the labels on it. You don't have to. I just, I did because it's a good way to synopsize the film. Fair I enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but
1: but the extent to which really they're isn't a plot and it just kind of meanders. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is a little bit of one, like they're being chased by this group of people, Yeah, but that more or less ends halfway through, like two thirds of the way through the movie when they go to Bolivia. And then there's like Mm -hmm. a probably like what, 15 minute montage scene of them hanging out in New York and traveling to Bolivia
0: yeah, there's an entire montage scene of them, of their trip getting down to Bolivia. And it's the fun they're having, the wild things they're doing, all the cool little things they're doing. And it just is like, it's almost like there's, there's three movies in here. you got the party in Wyoming, you got that travel montage, and then you've got the Bolivia adventure.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Bolivia part is fine. It Like I said, I enjoy every scene that is in it, but the connective tissue between the scenes and the yeah the framework of a plot seems almost like an afterthought like we need an excuse to string these scenes together and yeah. that led to some pacing problems i thought mm-hmm. it, it's or what i would view as pacing problems because i'm used to a faster thing and i think it's actually pretty common with like auteur directors back then they just kind of need to flex their muscle a little bit Like, with, like, oh, see how good I can do a montage? And he did a very, very good montage. Mm -hmm. But I, frankly, could have done without it.
0: It's an early 1970s film, and you're right. It's got—there's a pacing issue that is there. The plot strung together— I think I think you said it best. It's just a character study. It is these characters. We want to see them interacting. We want to see them interacting with each other and with their environment, with whatever gets thrown their way. Because that is the more that's the fun part as well. Is oh okay, this thing is happening. How are they going to respond to it? They've they've got a train that they are trying to bust into, and it it seems like they've locked the doors. Oh well, we've got dynamite. How are you know what's going to happen next? It's got these interesting moments, but. Yeah, the overarching plot is not there.
1: But I didn't really need it that much. It, no, it's, I think no, that don't. if it had a bit more of a compelling plot, then it might not have. I honestly thought it was much longer than it was, but it wasn't that mm-hmm. long a movie. No. It was, well, how, how long was it? Like, it was under two hours, right? 110 minutes.
0: Okay, so yeah. So yeah, like, just below two hours.
1: Right, but I think it, it felt like it was probably about two hours and 15 minutes. And, and like I said, that's not a huge yeah. problem because really all three of the main leads are super compelling characters and you want to spend time with them. I think the character of Etta is definitely underwritten, but Catherine yes. Ross is such a good actress that she really more than holds her own with Newman and Redford, which is no small feat. She's one of my favorite mm-hmm. actresses. I I love her in, I think, The Stepford Wives. Her performance in that is one of the best acting performances that I've seen, and I think she's just great.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about them, and then we'll start with her. and I, I do agree with you; she was under- underwritten uh, in a movie where Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. She, she's got third billing on that mm-hmm. one, so uh, unfortunately, she she is going to fall by the wayside. It's more focused on their antics and she is just kind of along for the ride. But she is very interesting. Is there anything else you wanted to say about her or her performance or the character?
1: Um. Just, yeah, I think that she did a, an amazing job. I think Catherine Noss is a great actress and there is just something compelling about her performance where, yeah, like, yeah, she is, I think, underwritten as a character. But, and, and like, you could be totally reductive and just say she is a schoolteacher who is out looking for adventure, but yeah. not willing to... And loves these men, but doesn't, isn't willing to see them die. And so they're like, that's her character in a nutshell. But by the same note, like you can sum up Butch and Sundance pretty quickly, too. I think the difference is they are given better dialogue than she is, but she, there's really is just something about her performance where it's, she seems like a more fleshed out character than she is, I think, given. I think her character. Succeeds despite the writing and despite the direction.
0: I think you're correct on that. I I like the fact that she she does come in with that elevator pitch of a line of you know, who she's supposed to be in this movie. But I think that she really exists more in in between the the words of she loves these two men. She's not out there for the adventure. She's not out there for the money. She loves these men. She wants to be with them. And I think that that's a big big chunk of what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She could have easily just said. You know, see you guys later. Run away. I'll be here. You know, whenever you get back. But she's no, I'm coming too. This well, isn't a and question. And also,
1: she isn't like written off as like a shrew or a nag. Like she is along for the yep. adventure and participates yep. in it. And once they get to Bolivia, is kind of plays the pivotal role in that. <laughs> yeah. She enables them to do the things that they do. Like without her, they would yep. not be able to rob any of the banks. Which we kind of see after she leaves.
0: Yeah, and and she is great at that job. I think it is completely fair about you know her reasoning for leaving. At least how it's written in this in this film, she's leaving because she doesn't want to see them mm-hmm. die, and she knows that that's that's the next step of what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah,
1: there's not another
0: way this is going to end. No, which
1: no, is not. interesting because so one of the things that I thought going into the movie was, oh, I've heard enough about this movie where I know how this movie ends. I knew that they died in the movie. That was one of the few mm-hmm. things that I knew. And I also knew that they jumped off a cliff in the movie. I assumed those were the same thing. So when, like, halfway through the movie, they jump off the cliff, I thought, A, oh, I guess the movie's done now. And B, when they didn't die and the movie kept going, I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe they don't die in this movie. (laughs)
0: And then shock, shock, You oh, my God, they died.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I was actually talking with my mom about this movie the other day, and she saw it in the theaters, and she was like, now, I know you probably knew this going into it, but when they died at the end, that was a huge revelation. It was a shocking moment in, like, film going. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess it kind of must have been.
0: Yeah, especially when they build up these two characters as being very lovable and very... you're kind of you're rooting for them they are the bad guys but you're rooting for them because there's just something likable about them and 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 then to to end the movie with them both dying in in a horrible way that had to be shocking i i can see that
1: it is also kind of odd i i love robert redford and i love paul newman Mm -hmm. uh, and i especially love it when they work together and frankly, it's yeah, when they work together with George Roy Hill, too, because I think The Sting is maybe one of my favorite <laughs> movies, period. And you can kind of see that progression from this movie to that movie. It came out just a few years later, and yep. it's in this movie, it is Paul Newman is this close. I am holding my fingers very near one another to being a <laughs> con man. And so it's odd to see Robert Redford not playing the con man in this. Like, mm-hmm. Robert Redford has an air of quiet menace in this movie that seems really against type from what I know him as as an actor. And I wasn't yeah. sure he would, like, when they first did that, I was like, oh, it's weird that he's pulling this off as well as he is. Why is Robert Redford it's... playing Steve McQueen?
0: Especially a young Robert Redford. I mean, now that we have seen... um you know, some of his later films, especially, I'll even say Civil War, we see that he can play the bad guy and play the bad guy pretty effectively. But for young Robert Redford, it always kind of seemed to be, he always is playing that, you know, good guy the, the brooding but quiet but but really good guy and you're right i think steve mcqueen is a definite a good comparison for yeah, him
1: yeah i mean that is the type that this character is he is like a steve mcqueen character where he's he's charming and he's affable mm-hmm. but there is just this air of quiet menace and understated violence yeah. about him that i wasn't uh, expecting to see out of redford and it really worked but he was still robert redford so he was charming enough that you were always rooting for him and especially yeah the william goldman dialogue between those two it's i you just want to hang out with those characters
0: here's the interesting thing and you hinted at it and it's something i thought of as well and i i could have put down money on this how many movies did rob redford and paul newman do together because you mentioned the sting and butch cassie and sundance kid is it just the two just the two huh and it blows my mind, and everyone's like, you got two amazing movies, two amazing actors. How is it that they never did another movie? It's like they just, a lot of their movies, you could almost put both of them together, and it would just have been that much better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I guess they really tried. I guess they enjoyed each other's company. It's just things never happened. But it's it's fascinating. It's really, really fascinating. Of the two, we talked a little bit about Robert Effort's character. Let's talk a little bit about, more about Butch Cassidy, because you're saying he's almost a con man. I would say that he's... If he's not a con man, it's not for his lack of trying.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean... It's uh, He is generally robbing people at gunpoint, which I guess is kind of a con in that he doesn't really intend to shoot them
0: and right. he's convincing them that he is. But I don't think you could really call that a con. Sure, sure. <laughs> he, he's, he's trying to find ways that he could take people's money without pointing a gun at it because he's not really that good of a shot.
1: <laughs> well, he's actually not a bad shot. It's just like, as we find out very late in the movie, he's never killed anyone before. Yeah. Until yeah. he has, and when he is called upon to do so, he does a pretty darn good job of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Never let it be said that they that uh, these aren't killers. They are not. They they are dangerous men, but yeah, at the same and they time,
1: are willing to kill people if it gets in yeah. the way of them robbing a bank
0: or 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 saving their own lives. Right, <laughs> and yet at the same time great scene at the beginning where uh, he is in the rules of the knife fight where he's getting challenged for his own running his own gang. That scene is fabulous and had me rolling.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's one of those scenes that you see referenced or ripped off so uh-huh. much in the future like like so much in movies that came after it that it was weird watching it and being like, I wonder if this is the first time there was this scene. Because it is one of those that scenes. I know yeah. I've seen it in a bunch of movies. The one that for some reason comes to mind immediately is the movie Tough Guys. Oh, yeah. Because uh, there is absolutely that scene that I think Burt Lancaster or Kirk Douglas has in that. It's a very dumb 80s comedy that I liked a lot that has Dana Carvey in it.
0: Tough Guys rips off every single one of these genre movies from the past. right, <laughs> And it's supposed to. It is supposed to.
1: Right. But I've, I've definitely seen that scene or things like it in movies since then, like, well, if we're going to have a fight, fight has to have rules. Sure. Like, that has become a trope, and I think it started here. And I also honestly wondered to what extent the buddy comedy started with this movie. I'm sure there had been ones before then. I mean, there's definitely, like, the Road 2 movies with, like, Hope and Crosby. But, like, the buddy action comedy, like, because this isn't a comedy, but... It's almost a comedy.
0: The closest you might get is some of the Thin Men movies, because they had that action or they kinda of had the suspense comedy kind of thing a going on.
1: Movie. That's like that's a husband and wife Husband team. and wife movie. But, um, like I mean it would be it would be a stretch to call those romance sure. romances, but the two leads have a romantic relationship. It's it's like a screwball
0: comedy. Yeah. I mean they've done duos comedy duos forever. Right. But yeah, the lead this kind of leading off into more of, you know, the the lethal weapon and the rush hour and those type of movies. This may be, I think you may be right. This may be some of the some of where it first came from.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there there definitely had been other things like that in terms of westerns and stuff like like The Magnificent 7 there's kind of a similar relationship between yul Brenner and Steve McQueen in that sure. but not to the extent that like the focus of the movie is mm-hmm. on their friendship, which is right. kind of what the focus of this movie is on.
0: Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of live scenes I brought, brought up one scene there. Is there any other scenes that really stuck out to you that are just fabulous or wonderful or are that you want to kind of dive into a little bit?
1: Um, the running gag of when they're being followed and and keep looking back and being
0: like, these guys are good. These guys who are, good. are these guys? <laughs> And how they slowly start to put together. Well, you know, there's this one guy who wears a hat all the time, or this one guy who's a really good tracker. I think, and they keep on putting together, you know, these guys are yeah. really good. Uh, it's like, that's Lord Baltimore.
1: Oh, <laughs> sh- <laughs> yeah, uh, the bank robbing scene with Paul Newman and Etta in Bolivia I thought was really fun. The scene where they, they jump off the cliff together. Yes. And yeah, it's like uh, no, we're gonna shoot it out. It's like, well, we'll never, we'll never survive. He's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna shoot it out. It's like, why? Uh, I can't swim. It's like, oh
0: well, don't worry about it. The the fall will probably kill you anyway. And then they do decide to jump. Like, there's a reason why that scene and that 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 quote is so well known because it's such a good scene.
1: <laughs> and honestly, like little touches, like when they jump off of it, just the way they both yell at the same time <laughs> there's also like little like i don't know like film nerd touches that i noticed like just the way that it's set up in sepia tone with just like still images of the old west mm-hmm. but with like th- at first there isn't much music playing but it just shows those and then there's like a few chords of like i don't think it's the burt Bacharach. Uh, i know it's bj thomas does the mm-hmm. singing but the raindrops keep falling on my head <laughs> but like it shows all those old west images and, and to like kind of set you up with like, okay, this is a Western. What do you know about Westerns? What do you know about the old West? And then the music comes in and once you start shooting and it's like, cause we're about to subvert that paradigm. This isn't that type of movie. Like when the music starts coming in on that, I thought that was really interesting. And yeah, the opening scene kind of does that too. Like, you know what a shootout is, you know what, what, what happens when somebody accuses someone of cheating at cards, but, we're not quite going to do that, and and I thought that was really well done.
0: And speaking of how they did that opening scene and setting the expectation, they do that in that sepia, blo- almost black and white tone, and you have this feeling. Kind, of, I know my wife walked in at that point. She's like. Oh God, this isn't going to be in black and white, is it? And I'm like, well, what's the problem? What's the problem if it is? But like, hang in there. I think they're going to do something here. I think they're going to pull a little bit of Wizard the Wizard of Oz here in a second. And sure enough, they once they kind of start to subvert your expectations, that's when they turn it into more of the the, the, the technicolor, if you will.
1: Yeah, that's the first scene where they're like riding across the plain on their way mm-hmm. out of that scene. Yeah, and you get like the big wide shot of the outdoors. And I thought that was that was really nicely done.
0: I think the cinematography throughout the film is Gorgeous, oh, Absolutely gorgeous.
1: Yeah. No, it, it is amazingly well done. Yeah. And really, like, everybody in this movie is good. And I, I could identify, like, a few of the other actors that were in it. Like, I know Struthers Martin was in it. But mm-hmm. there were a bunch of, like, Western that guys that yes. were in the movie. Where it's like, oh, the guy who is trying to have them not rob the bank that they have like a kind of friendly relationship with because they've robbed him so many times. Um, I know that <laughs> guy. I didn't look him up, but I'm like, oh, that guy. Yeah. And there were a bunch of people that were like that in it.
0: Just to go in a different tact for a second, is there anything that you really didn't like? I know early on you mentioned that you could probably cut some of the pacing out, but is there anything else that you really didn't like in the film?
1: Gosh, really? I, I-, I would just say the montages I thought were too long. That'd be pretty much it. There there was so much that I did love about it. Not just the montage, but I think kind of akin to the montage, the scene with Etta and Butch riding around on that bicycle. Yeah. It's, I didn't hate it, I rec- but I recognized it as like a very 70s trope that is something that probably wouldn't be in a movie that came out these days. But yeah. if you look at movies that were coming out around then, like late 60s, early to mid 70s, there is that like almost karaoke video scene in all of them. And I thought it was well done, but I could have done without it.
0: That's fair. That is very fair. Before we get into the ratings of this film, is there anything else that you want to touch on? I mean, I think we've kind of gone everywhere in the film. There's a lot of scenes that we didn't mention, but a lot of scenes that we did. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up before we dive into rating this film?
1: Not really. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, mostly I just... I liked hanging out with the characters, and I wanted to hang out with them more. And it made me want to watch The Sting, too, because I love that movie so much. And actually, I love the book that it's based on. And it's kind of weird that that movie, I think, has a more consistent and coherent plot than this movie, given the source material. Because have you read the book that The Sting is based on?
0: No, I haven't. I actually am very interested in that now.
1: Okay, it's called The Big Con, and it's a book that was written by a linguist from i think Harvard who was studying the language of con men at like around turn of the century and so he was just doing research and so it's not a narrative it it is a like hey here are the different con men that are operating at this time and here's a list of their names and here are is like an overview of some of the many complicated cons that they run short con long con and what the different positions are of people who run them and stuff it's a non-fiction book that is a kind of overview and it's fascinating and it's great but it's it's really strange to me that they got a movie out of it
0: i can still i can still see that because just some of the language that's in the sting and some of the ways they talk to each other i have always wondered like it it is very precise and it is very jargony, and and it seems like you know you had to be part of that world in order to get all of the little references that they've got there. That makes sense that it comes from that material.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great, but it like just the list of different con artist names mm-hmm. that were operating in different parts of the country. There were like I think three different dudes named Limehouse Chappy. Um, <laughs> And there was, like, I think at least two different guys called The Christ Kid. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's it's an awesome book and one of my favorite movies, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love this movie, too. It, it's just they're very different. And I think if you were to pick one that you would thought would have a more coherent plot given the source material, I think you would go with this one but with Butch and Cassidy, but you'd be wrong. And I think that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I know that The Sting is one that I could I can almost put down. At, at any point in time, I can put it on, and I can just enjoy watching it. I can just slip into that world very easily and just almost recite the words. Amazing cast as well. Mm-hmm. But, yes, there there is a definite connection beyond just the big stars in this. One other thing I was going to ask you before we rate the film. I know that one of the things you said is that right Right now, because of the world, (laughs) you have not enjoyed sitting down and really enjoying a lot of these kinds of movies, uh, and you haven't kind of drifted towards them because you just didn't want to invest yourself. So I know it probably was a little bit of an exercise. How did you feel after you watched it, though? Was this a good refresher, kind of a good escape from the world, or... Did you still kind of feel that anxiety?
1: Oh, no, no. It, it was definitely a... And honestly, when I do actually sit down with something that is quality to watch, I feel better after doing it regardless. It's just that I don't have the impetus to do it generally. Yeah. And so watching this, I was like, this is very good. And also just like kind of relaxing because you don't have to give a about the plot. It doesn't like... <laughs> knowing that the characters die at the end too, There, it kind of takes... Out some of the tension of the film too yeah and no I really enjoyed it and actually after watching this I ended up watching Slapshot again which is also George Roy <laughs> Hill and Paul Newman and so oh, that was fun too
0: it has been a while since I've sat down and watched Slapshot I, I should re-watch that as well
1: yeah it's a really that that was also a very fun movie oh yes way more casual homophobia than uh <laughs> than i had remembered <laughs> which is kind of a general
0: statement about every movie that every every movie that came out think about the time it was made and the 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 actual what are the, the subject matter being made a
1: minor league hockey team in the late 70s early 80s yeah.
0: i'm like i'm I, if you didn't hear it then i don't know what they were doing i mean yeah. it just so anyways though let's rate this film how many full bags of popcorn would you give this film? We're going, of course doing one through five because this is the Longbox Crusade Network. We don't do halvesies. So one to five. What do you think?
1: I uh, can't do a half. Nah. All right. Uh, then I guess four. I mean, otherwise I would give it four and a half.
0: It's just right there, right there on the cusp, right yeah, there. Yeah.
1: The I thought it. I thought it was great. I don't think it was quite perfect. As I said, there was pace. There were pacing issues for me, and there were. I don't think it's necessarily a problem with the film, but for a modern audience, I thought parts of it probably would have dragged a little bit.
0: I think that I think that is completely fair. I think it is a fantastic movie. I think it does stand a lot of the test of time, but there are some things that modern audiences have left in the wayside that this film really really celebrates. It, it celebrates the time they give on certain spaces. that celebrates, you know, some of those extended out scenes like the uh, riding the bicycle scene. And those are things that we just don't really care enough about anymore. So I think that's completely fair. Hub, you are all over the internet and there, people can find you in uh, numerous places. Do you want to talk about some of the places where people can hear your lovely voice some more?
1: OK, yeah, well, there's two main places that would be them. And if they want to hear my voice, then the, the main one would be Tighten Up the Defense, a podcast that would likely benefit from a tagline. That's where uh, me and my brother Corey read every week either a Defenders comic book or a New Team Titans comic book. It's pretty fun. I think you should listen to it. It's a nice time. (laughs) The other place where you can sometimes hear my voice and often hear some of my writing is a show called Garden Plots with Skeletor, which is a gardening podcast hosted by Skeletor where you also hear some of his schemes to conquer Eternia coming through. On the ones that you can hear my voice on, I play the role of merman, Which is really fun, and it's also a fun voice to do.
0: Uh, Because Merman talks kind of like this. And uh, I enjoy doing that. I must, 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 must recommend Tied Up the Defense, because it is a funny, funny show, and Hub and his brother are fantastic on it. As far as garden plots with Skeletor, let me tell you, if you need some good He-Man gardening advice in your life, this is a show that's going to give it to you.
1: (laughs) Well, it most is, of the it, advice doesn't come from He Man. Just, no, no, just to no, be no. clear, say,
0: although there are the some,
1: uh, there is some He Man coming up, and some they'll probably be out by now. But uh, He
0: Man has got to show up at some point in time, and we are waiting for that content. No, you've got to listen to Garden Plots with Skelter. It is a riot, and they are they are very very funny, and it and it. Includes a lot of people who have done some done some great podcasts, Hub included. As for myself, you can find me on Twitter at JeffRickPresent or on my other podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, which I host with my co-host, Jeff, who always always uses way too much dynamite. If you would like to be on this show, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at jeffenbergpercent, all one word, at gmail.com. And thank you very much to the Longbox Crusade Network for letting me use this wonderful attic of their headquarters to broadcast my show, and to their sponsors, Omaha Bound, and to the Longbox Crusade members who help support the network. If you would like to support the network, head on over to Patreon and search for Longbox Crusade. Now... Till next time, why don't you go ahead and grab the popcorn, pull up a seat? We'll be back pretty soon. Our theme music is The Entertainer by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License.